What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. And I don't know if you can hear what I'm hearing, but I hear choirs of children singing because 21 is coming out this week and I can't wait anymore. So I'm glad we finally made it. I'm proud of you. You've all made it here. I've made it here. And so has my buddy Scan. He is here. The Scan is on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. So Scan, what is going on, my man? What's going on? Thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a great opportunity to talk baseball and the show and podcasting. You have your own podcast, which are, of course, going to plug throughout the way here. Um, I just want to start with, you know, you are kind of somebody in the content creation scene who is kind of like on the way up, you know, Um so I'm just curious what your journey has been like personally to to get to the point where you think you are now. Well, basically, it's been a, a long journey. I've been at it since 2016, basically. And I've I used to play other games in terms of like content like Fortnite and PUBG that back when those games were popular. And this was like for multiple years and about. 2018 2019 or so at the back end of MLB the show 18's release I decided like hey let me pull up a stream and just see what happens I didn't know anyone streamed MLB the show and um I think like my first or second stream of that game I got like a fat raid by Dimu and back then Dimu was getting himself established in the community he was building up that following in the MLB community and I was like oh there were like people that watch him will be the show. And he like raised me like a hundred people. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that existed. Mm-hmm. And basically at that point, I was like, Oh, well, I'm just streaming for the fun of it. Not really taking it over his seats. Why not? I just play him. will be the show and get involved in this game. People like talking baseball and all that. And ever since then, it's basically been history since, since that point when all I'm will be the show in 19 and 20 and uh, that where it's at now. So uh, it's been a crazy ride. So about a week ago from when everybody's going to be listening to this, you posted on Twitter something about just kind of your near-term career goals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to really make a push here at, at doing content creation as much as humanly possible and turning that into, you know, a lucrative type of career for yourself. So why now, if, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, no, of course. Um, so I I'm, I was in grad school for, uh, for teaching. I, I decided to go for uh, – math secondary education and I first went to undergrad and graduated last year to become an actuary and it's a math related career for those who don't know and I realized that like during my senior years like I don't think I can see myself doing this and then just out of just I think out of just like wanting to do something else I went into teaching 
And I was like, let me just see if this works for me. And this last semester, I had gotten into student teaching. So I was in the classroom with students and the experience wasn't bad. Like I thought my interactions with the students were great, but it was my interactions with the teacher I was with and stuff like that went kind of badly. And things were kind of up in jeopardy based on that experience. And I, had, I was reflecting a lot with the new game coming up soon and where I was at with content and looking back at last year where there were points where I was doing very well and I missed out on opportunities because I didn't have time. And I was like, you know what? What if I had more time at this? And I don't, if I don't picture myself doing this forever down the road, what's the point in me pursuing a grad school degree and putting more money towards a degree when I could just put all my eggs in this basket right now, knowing I can do it if I put more time into it. And um, after reflecting a lot, I uh, decided to go all in for it for now. And, and like I said, we're going to plug your things throughout the show here. But while we're on the Twitch subject, where can the people find you on Twitch if for some reason they aren't following mm-hmm. you already? I feel like they should be, but where can they find you? <laughs> Yep, twitch.tv slash the scan, basically scan on everywhere except for Instagram. I have to add the stupid underscore in between, but <laughs> everywhere is just at the scan. The two ends, make sure you don't forget the second end. And a lot of people just type one end and it mildly infuriates me, but it's two ends. <laughs> you'll have, well, if you only do one end, you'll follow somebody who is probably far different than this, the scan, and you'll be mildly disappointed when there's no content to consume. <laughs> um, so my, I actually, I've now done a total of four Twitch streams pro gamer right here. Um, <laughs> I'm trying my best to get into it. It's a, uh, it was a very frustrating experience to get started because I am by no means a tech person. I figured mm-hmm. it out. Things work. Uh, my stream deck now even works, which I'm shocked that I figured that out. Um, but it, it's kind of, it's, it's a cool rush, you know, when like these random people are popping into your streams or the person you're playing against is trying to lurk in the back, but I can clearly see that he's there because I just clicked mm-hmm. on who's in chat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that, you know, I don't personally want to turn it into a full-time thing. It's something where like I play this game. I might as well allow people to watch if they so choose. Um, but it is something that's, it requires time. And if you don't have the time to put into it, or at least the quality time to put into it, you're mm-hmm. not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like with any sort of content creating on, on Twitch, on YouTube, anywhere, the, the big thing is just being as consistent as possible and putting in if, as many hours that you can to put out the best content you can. And if you don't have the consistent time, then it's not easy to do. How do you balance uh, being live on, on Twitch and then the other forms of content? Like, there's so many things like you're, you're putting your eggs into the content creation basket, but within that basket, there's 10 different baskets. So like, how mm-hmm. do you kind of divvy your time up that way? Mm-hmm. It really depends on the day. Um, a lot of times, like I stream at the later part of the day. So I'll spend my earlier part of the day recording and editing a YouTube video. We're going through the last stream, clipping up some TikToks to post on there. And uh, just like, maybe clipping up some things to tweet out and just, it's really just the earlier part of the day spent editing and all that. And then for me, just cause I've been doing it for so long, streaming is like my downtime and it just me playing the game, relaxing, having fun with people. So I like to end my days on that whenever possible, just cause 
It's a, it's a lot more difficult to do all that. And at the end of the day, sit down and edit videos because it's just a little bit more mentally exhausting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned TikTok, and that's obviously like the new social yeah, platform yeah. everyone but myself uses. Um, probably should get on it. So uh, in, mm-hmm. in your opinion, what have the benefits been of being on TikTok? Like what type of difference in traffic or viewers or, or mm-hmm. things like that have you seen? The thing with TikTok that's crazy because I think a lot of people who go on there were at that point almost like you where like everyone uses it except for them. Mm-hmm. And it has like this weird barrier because like it has this weird perception of like of like what the app is and like what the content is. But like if you go on there and like you eventually start using it and you start following people you may like, then like it's really like easy to just constantly get caught scrolling and watching mm-hmm. video after video after video. And that's what's great about it is that so many videos go through someone's for you page. It's just a page of all videos that they suggest to you. So like, it's really a lot easier to get your name out there, get discovered if you're doing something because people see tens and tens of videos on a for you page. And it's like, if you could easily be one of those videos, just because it's so easy for it to throw your name in that basket with other people instead of like, say on Twitch, you, you pop up a stream and the only way people are going to find you is through a raid, which is very dependent on someone else or a host, which is the same kind of thing. Or to go through, like maybe have a couple suggested streams, but like that's not that's rough. very that's much. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like people going through a directory and looking for you. And MLB the show that kind of works out because especially for the latter part of the year, not that many people stream the game. So some people just go through the directory and you're like, oh, who's playing MLB the show right now? But a lot of the times it's it's so hard to get discovered on there just because there's no way to for where they bring people to your content. Mm-hmm. They kind of don't have that on Twitch very well set up. So TikTok is literally the perfect thing for that. You just people go on the app and you upload like your video will show up on your page at some point and hopefully it does well. So maybe step one is download TikTok and then I'll learn how it works. And then, and then maybe put some mm-hmm. content on it. Cause like my thing is you want to separate yourself to some Absolutely. degree. And, you know, I work a full-time job, so it's, it's hard for me to spend a ton of time or diversify when I stream. I can usually stream 6 PM to 7 PM or later. And I've mm-hmm. already had streams where like I go live and 20 minutes later, Scuffy goes live and Scuffy's a friend mm-hmm. of the show. He was my first ever guest. I love Scuffy. He's the man. Mm-hmm. But then in, in my head, I'm immediately like, well, people are going to go watch him. They're not going to go watch mm-hmm. me. They know Scuffy. Mm-hmm. I'm nobody. So you got to get ways to get eyes to your channel. Oh, no, I agree. There is um, oh, that that th- that kind of thing of building that, say, rapport with mm-hmm. uh, the community and stuff. It takes some time. And like, again, it's like being consistent with it. And like, I, a lot of people deal with that where they, they turn on the stream and then if they stream by similar time, it's like Coogs, Demu, anyone in the community, they're like, oh, well, they're going to watch them over me. And like, honestly, like it's a, it's a fair kind of thing that a lot of people go through. And it's, it is difficult to separate yourself and like get your name out there and just like get, like get people to, want to click your stream over something like honestly i think the the best thing you can do is just like focus on everything you have going on in your own channel 
things that you're own doing and like everything else, just like try not to even pay attention to it and focus on everything you're doing. There will be people that eventually join your chat and the best thing you could do is focus on making them want to stay. Control the controllables, as the athletes might say. Yep. Um, exactly. I will say I've already had some people come into chat who've been listeners of this podcast. So if you guys are listening right now, thank you very much for listening and coming into the chat. Um, I've had this podcast since like May or June, something like that. And I've just been doing it fun for myself, but I guess I've built up enough of a, a following for people to come into my chats. So thank you very much for being there. Um, this is the very first early steps of streaming. We're going to grow this as big as we can and, and just have a good time doing it. Um, but you know, scan. So everyone streams differently. Everyone's got different priorities. We've kind of established that already, but if there's like a big three of things that you need to do when streaming, whether it's while you're live or like things you need to do to prepare yourself for it, what would you say those three things are? Ah, uh, good. Um, so for, for me, just in general, the things that I focus on, um, just like for me, first of all, I kind of have like this kind of this separate mode, I guess we'll say, okay. where I, I turn on the stream and I'm like this other kind of person. Like, it's not like it's me acting fake or something, but it's like you start the stream and you almost get in like, I get in this, like this, I, I try to focus on like lightening up, being like real, uh, like focusing on the chat and like tossing jokes back and forth. Mm-hmm. taking the game very lighthearted, not overly serious a lot of times and just getting into that mental kind of path of like when I'm streaming, I'm going to act like this on camera. And that's like one thing that I focus on. That's probably like the biggest thing. Um, other than that, it's just in terms of like things that I do to like prepare for the stream, just in general, when I am streaming, that I focus on is just trying to stay positive there's one thing is that so many people like they go to twitch and content like your content to escape the negativity and all that stuff and that's in general there are a lot of people who play mlb the show very passionately and Mm -hmm. things don't go their way they start to complain blah 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 and it's no shot at them but for me it's like i build my content around just the positive energy and people are hanging out in my chat i don't want them to think like oh he's just complaining about the game I don't want to watch this guy complain. I'm just here to talk about crap. And it's like, that's what I focus on. Just like having that positive energy. Whenever someone comes in, I try to ask them, Hey, how's it going? Hope your day's going well, stuff like that. And hopefully like get positive interaction going. And um, other than that, it's just hoping that I may be good at the game. Like kind of, (laughs) kind of practicing, warming up, making sure I'm solid. So I don't, look terrible because sometimes like they go out there and make world series and all that and i gotta do somewhat good to do that so (laughs) sometimes i gotta like make sure i'm just good enough at the game so you say always you know you try to stay positive and that makes so much sense for so many reasons when you have a game like 20 that can be inexplicably frustrating when Mm -hmm. like on tuesday it plays the best it's ever played and on wednesday it's an utter shit show Mm mm-hmm how do you stay level-headed? Because, for example, so I went live Friday night. I went live Friday night. Mm-hmm. I had done, like, an hour of BP on Legend, and I was using Gary Sanchez because he's got the smallest PCI I've ever seen. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm cracked right now. I'm doing great. I'm going to hop into ranked. I'm going to kill it. I only need to win, like, four games for World Series. Let's do it mm-hmm. live. I don't think I've ever played worse. 
maybe it's because <laughs> I was in my head. I was also very frustrated with the way some things happened. Like, you know, mm-hmm. now bleeder, it happens like the that. bleeder that becomes a home run, the yep. errors in the, you know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff that really has only happened with 20. But mm-hmm. getting back to my original point, how do you stay level headed when like these random things start happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's tough. Um, MLB 20 is one of those games that it, it feels very scripted sometimes. And oh, very much. <laughs> you, you just you just hop in the game and you could be doing everything right on your end and just get absolutely spear tackled by the game. You just have <laughs> nothing work out. You could just you could be on every ball and everyone could turn into an out. You could be throwing the perfect spots and give up those weak hits. Yep. And a, even for me, I get frustrated. And it's just like for me on the stream, especially it's like, I try to like take a step back and look at it and just like, as dumb as it may sound, I try to tell myself, first of all, it's just a game. So like, if something wrong goes down, it's like, what, what does it matter at the end of the day? Like mm-hmm. for me, especially like, I know I'm good enough to say make world series. So it's like, what's the, what's the worst is going to happen. I have to play like one or two more games to make it no reason to get too upset. And just in general, it's just like, for me, especially, I just try not to take it overly serious. So like when something weird happens, I try not to get anger and I try to like turn it like into like that kind of like, I don't know how to explain, but like, I kind of just like to laugh at the issues and not take it overly serious. That was literally what I was just going to say. You have to turn your frustration into comedy somehow. And mm -hmm. there are many people very good at that in our community, but daddy Dimu and the person you're wearing on your shirt right now. Yeah. Kevin, I think do that better than anyone. Absolutely on this earth, the best. Maybe. Agreed. And it's, it's a gift that they have. It is absolutely. They, it's just like, just in general, like those kind of guys are just naturally funny. Mm-hmm. Like with like, they could say anything and it would be hilarious. And then them getting a reaction out of something that happens in the game is just amazing. And not everyone has that kind of scale. So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a skill on its own to kind of work on. And like, for me, it's like when I, when something happens, I try to laugh at the game and it just like, I try to like make self-deprecating humor out of it. <laughs> that's like, that's my sense of humor is just yeah. making fun of myself. So like, that's where I get it from. And everyone has a different thing. And uh, yeah, I, it's, that's, what's fun about it is like how, it's, as much as we love MLB the show, it could be some of the most frustrating game like gameplay out there. And everyone has like that different way of like how do you deal with that frustration? Some people like Kevin, mm-hmm. Dimu, just like are the most funny people, and they make the the best jokes out of it when the craziest stuff happens. And what's so funny too is they're like polar opposites. Like they get along very well too, and they play their friendlies or whatever. But Kevin is very deadpan, and Dimu mm-hmm. is just like let me scream and yell and curse a bunch. And mm-hmm. everyone will laugh, whatever end of the spectrum you fall on. But they're very, very different. Absolutely. Dimu is very raunchy, but it's very <laughs> funny. It's oh, very it's funny. It's, it's amazing. And Kevin is definitely a little less so. Kevin is, like, so peculiar with his, mm-hmm. with his anger. Like, it's like he makes these, like, comparisons of things. And it's like, that don't make I've sense. never heard that in my life, <laughs> yeah. but it's hilarious. <laughs> you think it's just a Canadian thing. It's not. It's just a Kevin <laughs> it's thing. Just, it's just, it's a, just Kevin a Kevin thing. thing. Yep, exactly. And so on the subject of Kevin, you pulled a Houdini on everybody on April 1st. But then you didn't because Kevin yeah. still was on the Stream Deck podcast. Yep. So yep. first of all, let's start with tell the world about the Stream Deck podcast. And then second of all, let's talk about the viral, quote unquote, viral clip of Kevin shitting on cereal. 
So <laughs> let's start with the Stream Deck podcast. All right. So, yeah, the, the podcast that we do, me and uh, the Holy Grail, now Anthony Farmstrong is like the third host because he's basically there all the time. <laughs> and what it is is essentially just it's a podcast, but it's a lot more of like a just laid back conversation on things. We get either one person, depending on who it is, or get a whole slate of guests who are related in some sort of concept, content creating sense or people who are just buds that we know who are content creating together and get them all together. We have a fun conversation, try to like get to know them better personally and um, just like have like a, a fun laid back conversation. And the thing that's so fun about it is how like we, we try to just talk to them about like, like random crap, not mm-hmm. even like a hundred percent related to say baseball and will be the show all the time. We kind of start off with that and we just kind of talk stuff with them. And like, with like all the guys that we've had on there, I've like started a relationship with, and I don't want to take any credit for it because the Holy Grail does all the work on that <laughs> behind the scenes. He, he contacts most of the people. I just say, I'm just there. And I'm like, Hey, I think maybe you have this person, this person, but he just like, he contacts the people. He does the streams. He was uploading all of them onto the other platforms mm-hmm. And it was just like, he does all the work. I'm just kind of the, the plus more on the, on the You're podcast. just along so for the ride. Yeah. I'm just there and, you know, I have my place, but he he's the one who does it all. But it's an absolute treat to do that. And so Kevin comes on, which I won't lie. I've reached out to Kevin to be on the show. I knew it was unlikely. Everyone, I'm sure, reaches out to Kevin to do mm-hmm. their things because he's, he's Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get him on the show to which we've already explained you had nothing to do with most likely. Mm-hmm. And then you guys just talk and we get the great serial debate of 2021. Yep. So let's just dive right into that because exactly there were opinions formed. Someone's correct here. And I'll tell you who's correct after we discuss. I have a happened. feeling here you say he's correct, but go at it. <laughs> so someone's correct here and someone's just blatantly wrong, but I'm very interested to see how this came up. So let, let's talk. Mm-hmm. So this is a, uh, a long debate between Day and I. Um, <laughs> this, has been, this is an opinion that I gave out a while ago where it's been kind of controversial around my stream. It's like the most passionate thing. I mean, I have some weird food takes in terms of like things I like and don't like. I was always a picky eater when I was younger, but when I was on stream, I was like, listen, I kind of prefer my cereal without milk. It got everyone up in arms. Everyone was like, wait, you don't like cereal with milk? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I prefer my cereal without any milk. And then it was it turned to a debate that first night. I tweeted it out, and I was like, am I, like, the only one? And I found out there are other people out there that like the cereal like that. I thought I was the only person, apparently. And guys like Scuffy, the true smog in the community, and there are a few more that, like, like their cereal without milk. Like, they prefer it just, like, they put it in a bowl or like whatever and just like snack at it. And like, it's not a bad way to eat cereal. And everyone comes at my neck for no reason. <laughs> and we get Kevin on the podcast and Dave's like, okay, listen, I have to ask this question to you, Kevin. How do you eat your cereal? Because and then, we know as far as MLB streamers go, he is the authority on food or at exact, least childish food. He, he's at <laughs> least someone that you have to hear his opinion. Yes. yes his opinions exactly. are very wrong, but he has a, a strong voice in the food conversation. Yes. And 
you listen to him and he he was like listen i mean i like to most cereal i don't even eat with milk in the bowl i like have a glass of milk with me and he's like i think i'm on team scan i was like this is a w for the community this is a w for everything and then ants comes in out of left field he's like so you got yeah i mean i you want to let you know i eat cereal with the orange juice sometimes and i was that's, like that's unacceptable but that's, that's an all-time work that's here. like that's yeah. like the worst yeah. thing he could have came out with. And we're all like, he's, he's like being serious. Like he's being for real here. He's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not like joking or anything. Yeah. And then after a minute, he, he keeps on rambling on. And I don't know what, what made him keep on wanting to ramble on about this. Cause it was already a bad take. He was like, Oh, when I was a kid, I used to like get the cereal a little soggy and I would chew it into nuggets in my mouth and mush them all together. I was like, what and i was like i was almost disgusted i was like what is this if you're like, watching what is this? If, you're, if you're not watching on youtube you can't see my face right now but if you're just listening yeah. my face is it's a very expect my face to look like it's a very cringeworthy yeah. take of food and he even said something like i prefer my cereal a little soggy and we we're all like i think this man should be arrested see there are some, like, all right, <laughs> so like there's a cereal spectrum mm-hmm. we'll start with that so I will say you are not off base. I would prefer in the morning a bowl of cereal with milk. That said, nighttime, maybe I want a snack. Maybe I want some dry cinnamon toast crunch. I'll Mm -hmm. slap some in a cup. I'll eat them and we'll just go about my night. Yep. It's totally acceptable. Maybe I don't want to have like salty, greasy chips. I'd rather have a healthy pick your cereal. Not not that any of them are healthy, but you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? No. Yeah, exactly. Now, orange juice. we're yeah. not even gonna we're not even gonna yeah, waste time on that side. automatic L. Don't yeah. even need to add any input to that. What Kevin said about he tries to race the bowl of cereal before things get soggy, I have experienced. And mm-hmm. with some cereals, I agree. But I will say, fruity pebbles, you get those a little soggy and they start compacting together, those are okay. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, I want my cereal crunchy while I'm eating. Mm-hmm. So no, there's that's definitely a, fair a spectrum. Take. Yeah, exactly. It's very cereal dependent. That's for sure. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Like when Kevin was like, I like when I have cinnamon toast crunch and I have, a, I like to have a glass of milk inside. I'll even me, I prefer it without milk. I was like, I hate, I'm like the best thing about cinnamon toast crunch is the milk at the, the milk. end, the, the mm-hmm. cinnamon milk. And he's completely diverting that by not even pouring the milk in the bowl. And I was like, that's even a hot take for me, Kevin. I don't even think I could be on board with that with cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, I, something about putting dry cereal in a bowl and still using a spoon with dry cereal kind of throws me off a little bit. I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but eating dry cereal, no, that's I'll be, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most times I eat it just by hand, but sometimes like with cinnamon toast crunch, for example, like I, get, I don't want like sugar all over my fingers. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'll just use a spoon so I don't get my fingers all nasty. <laughs> so other than this monstrosity of an opinion, what, what else did we learn about Kevin having him on the podcast? Because he's such a, you know, he's, he's in the community every day. He's always on Twitter. He's always, I'm sure mm-hmm. on Reddit, he's posting videos like four ish times a week on two channels, but he's kind of close to the vest. So what else did we learn about Kevin while he was on the podcast? The big thing, this is, this is not only a me thing. It's something I've learned a lot from my interactions with him over the last year, but like, especially was like, was like made clear in the podcast is like, this may sound like very dumb and not everyone's going to get this, but like, he's just a real dude. Mm-hmm. Like the, you, you have this image of him on his YouTube videos and a couple of times he streamed and it's like, 
he's just a real guy. And you talk to him about like everything, like a normal person. He's like, he's just like very real with things. And in terms of like people in around the community that I've interacted with, like he's one of just like the, the most wholehearted people, which he doesn't make the most visible, but like in terms of people that first of all, care about other people and how they're doing. And even though he doesn't make it perfectly clear all the time, he is involved with the community behind the scenes in ways that you don't always see. And he's lurking around seeing things that go on. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't always take part in things. He's very close to himself, which is a very reasonable thing, especially oh, when, yeah, absolutely. you know, sometimes content creators are at each other's necks for no reason. So he's very into his, into his own. He's, mm. he has a very tight circle and he's a, the thing that I learned, especially with the podcast, he's just a very great guy mm-hmm. getting to know him. And especially on the podcast, it was fun to have him because it was just like, have a cool conversation with him and people can see him in a, a little bit of a different light than him and just in his videos. Yeah. He's not a look at me, look at me type of person. And yep. I appreciate that. We had an instance in our community this week where there was a look at me, look at me type of situation on Twitter. And mm-hmm. I don't think we need to pay any attention to that, but mm-hmm. Kevin's no, on the yeah. opposite end. Kevin's on the better. Kevin's end a very humble guy. Yes. He doesn't give himself too much credit. Honestly, he doesn't give himself like any credit. Like one thing he says all the time is like, I don't even know why people watch me. And it's like, dude, you're like incredibly hilarious. And your, your content is very well put together. Like, of course, people are going to watch, but he doesn't give himself that credit. And he's not just like the comedian, which obviously is hysterically funny, but he clearly knows baseball better than probably most of the content creators in our community. Like he knows oh, what absolutely. he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah, so I think one of the things I've tried to do in my very early streaming is just kind of like take little influences from everybody and try oh, to put them together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I love how Dimu does the face cam that zooms in like so close. Yeah, that's on his face. So I've yep. kind of messed around with my stream deck and tried to play with that a little mm-hmm. bit, not to steal from him, of course, but just oh, to no, like a lot of people take, do things, that. take things here and there. Yeah. Um, and with Kevin, it's, it's just the humor. Like, and like what you said, self deprecating. Like if you're playing like mm-hmm. shit. Tell people and like make yeah. sure they know I'm terrible today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I think that's part of the fun too, because otherwise, like you said, everyone's just going to get frustrated while they're watching you, and you're going to get frustrated mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, hopefully, by the end of next week, we'll be moving past. Or while you're listening to this, the end of this week, we will be moving past this frustration because 21 is here. And mm-hmm. we're going to do a deep dive on 21 in just a couple minutes. But first, we're going to hear words from our friends of the show. Uh, you know them at this point. We have Thrive Fantasy and we have Dugout Creative. So as always, super excited to be with Thrive Fantasy. It's finally a normal baseball season, so you can play games as they're intended to be played. Uh, Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other DFS apps because it only asks you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, you choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible and you can win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make money during the MLB season, use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD. That's the show the pod. When you sign up for Thrive Fantasy and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your very first deposit of 20 or more download thrive fantasy on the app store or the play store or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com 
thrivefantasy.com. Also during the week, go to blog.thrivefantasy.com where uh, I have columns on who you should play. So take my advice or, or don't. I don't always make you money, but sometimes I do. Uh, finally, we're going to hear from Dugout Creative. Do you like shirts? Do you like really, really cool shirts? Do you like shirts that add a little life and pizzazz to the game of baseball, which because of Rob Manfred lacks a whole bunch of pizzazz? Uh, Dugout Creative is now the place for you. So at Dugout Creative, you can find super soft, super vibrant uh, shirts, hoodies, and short sleeve hoodies like this one I'm wearing right now, Bronx. Um, Show your fandom for the game and your love for your favorite team. So with code KDJTV, you can get 15% off your entire order. That is right. KDJTV gets you 15% off your entire order by shopping at dugoutcreative.com. Dugout Creative, be curious, be adaptable, which is a very interesting tagline, but we should all be adaptable in this day and age. So um, scan. 21, we've made it. What is the singular thing above all else that you are looking forward to? Whether it's content, gameplay, the grind again, what what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think the the single thing is just building up the team for me. Mm-hmm. And just my favorite thing every year is the grind of earning players, building up the team, getting towards the God squad, and just like hopefully it not being a super repetitive boring experience and it just being fun adding new guys on the team throughout the year and just like mixing in you know competitive gameplay mixing in some just like fun stuff offline mixing in some fun packs and stuff and just having a good time with it it's just nice to have that clean slate starting from square one again and that's always my favorite part building the team one of the very key things we'll be doing early on with building teams is using the 42 series mm-hmm. i know we haven't seen every single reveal yet i think we've seen probably about 75 percent of them at this point uh they just announced john carlos stanton this morning we're recording sunday mm-hmm. morning for people who are curious um what's your take on the 42 series right now win rail i think they are a very big w and i i've been saying this for a while is that i think they need to loosen up some of the restrictions they have for these series of cards so mm-hmm. they give more of an excuse to boost more people up to a usable form in the game. And one thing that I can tell this 42 series is there's not like a set restriction of what it is. It's just like, if you're like a gold silver bronze player who is a popular swing in the community, you're getting a boosted card. Here's your diet. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. I love that because for example, Stan is a generally like not people aren't the most excited for his swing, but me, the last two years stands in one of my best hitters, the 97 home run derby card in the MLB 20. And then his signature series in 19, I like some of my best hitters. I don't know how, but like, he's like insane for me. I'm going for him. Always love Joey Gallo. Always one of the best cards in the game, especially at the start of the year. So happy to see him. And I got some cool new guys like Nico Goodrum. Who's got a glitchy mm-hmm. swing against lefties. He's, he's going to rake. Yeah, he's got a fun, he's a fun shortstop option. Um, I'm really excited for um Santander as well, because we found out he was really glitchy at the end of uh this year with his uh, finest series. And um, us in general, I really the only thing I hope is that we maybe get a couple more cool pitchers because so far yeah. the pitching has only been few and far between, and the guys aren't bad, but like a guy like uh um I think we got Luis Castillo, mm-hmm. not the best pitcher usually in the game we'll have to see how that yeah, he might be fine for early but, on but 
Yeah. Not a lot. Not the, the pitching has been a little bit on the lackluster side in comparison to the hitting, but that's just kind of how the game is in general. There aren't as many great pitchers. So yeah, hopefully they find a way to make them good. Yeah. I was talking about this on stream the other day. Um, I have the two choice packs to start the game. I feel like most serious DD players will have that. One of my picks is going to be Rivera. And it's mm-hmm. obviously me Yankee fan. He was one of my best relievers this year, which I know a lot yep. of people did not do great with him. He was one of my yeah. best relievers. You look at early game bullpen and it's nothing. It's a wasteland. They're going to mm-hmm. give you a free diamond reliever at the start. I'm taking them. And then, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I want to have Hank Aaron and this person and Babe Ruth and Ken Griffey, I'll get them later. I want the Rivera now. Agreed. That's what I was saying is I think Mariano should be one of those picks. I mean, especially, I mean, it depends kind of on the kind of card we get. If he's like his pre-order bonus card last year, where he had the cutter, but like he was not good at all. Like I was terrible with that card. And I think everyone was the only had like three pitches, mm-hmm. but like, if they found a way to like give him more pitches, I think that card is a must take at the start of the year, just because of the, the lackluster bullpen. Like, a lot of the diamond relievers you're going to be able to get are going to be from collections or like just the live series players. So like it's really going to be a tough time building up the bullpen. And a lot of people did relatively struggle with Mariano this year, but to have any sort of diamond reliever help in the pen is going to be huge, big. And I think he's nearly automatic for that reason alone. And guys, here's so you come to the show, the podcast to listen to me, make myself sound like a fool, but Here's a free tip for you guys. You don't even pay for this podcast. Here's a free tip. The best way to succeed with Rivera in the bullpen is to not use the cutter a lot. People sit on the cutter. He's Mariano Rivera. They're like, oh, here comes every single cutter in the book. Throw them sinkers inside. Throw them sliders. Throw them a straight four seam. They're sitting on the cutter. You can screw them up so much by instead of throwing three cutters in that bat, just throw them one. It, it sounds so like straightforward and obvious, but pitch selection means everything. If they're sitting on one thing, don't give them that thing. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because oddly enough for me, I find that what a lot of people do with Mo, at least the players I watch, I feel like they use his secondary pitches too much. I use, use his, the, I abuse his sinker, abuse it. The, the sinker, the sinker is the only one I think can be used a lot. But I think, I think first of all, I think people underrate the power of that four seam. Mm-hmm. If you throw the cutter a lot, out of the zone, if they stop biting on that, then you could dot that four seam on the inside part of the plate or outside versus righties. Mm-hmm. And like, it's an easy dot just because it's control. And the fact that they're sitting on a cutter expecting that to break out, but you could dot corners with that. And they and helped like, them out by giving them a little extra juice on that fastball. Yeah, exactly. And especially if you get his prestige version, like he gets that little bump in velocity. And like the big thing for me is honestly, throwing the cutter a little more than I would plan and treat it like almost like a primary fastball. Mm-hmm. So it makes those secondary pitches better. And then like I, I dot in a slider to every so often I mainly stick with the fastballs and then I throw a slider or change up out of the blue just cause they sitting dead right on the fastballs and just throw a slider and they're sitting dead right on the cutter. Impossible to time it. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's so interesting to have this conversation because it showcases how everyone utilizes guys differently, but still have success with the same guy. So mm-hmm. like, as far as his pet pitch repertoire goes, I I go sinker. Like I'm trying to do like the hierarchy of which ones I use in which order. Sinker slider is my second pitch I use with him. Okay. Then I'll go cutter, and then his changeup. 
because mm-hmm. yes, in the four seamer, obviously, yeah. I don't even consider the four seamer. You just mix it in as you mix it in. But mm-hmm. like his slider starts at the same plane as the cutter. And if people then think the cutter's coming, they're going to be flailing way out in front of that slider. And like you said, Agreed. because of his control, he very rarely hangs that slider. You can mm-hmm. backfoot that so easily and get people swinging at it. Agreed. Um, and then the changeup, you really have to bury it. Yeah. But because you're afraid of getting blown away by a fastball or you know getting just messed up with a cutter, they're going to bite on the changeup. That's just my experience. That's the that's the way mm-hmm. I've used it. Um, yep. But I, I he's such an easy card to use. Uh, that's why I'm taking him early. Is really what I'm getting back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm curious if his beginning year card is going to have the those other pitches. If he does. I think he's a must-have, but if he does it, he might be a little bit more passable just because probably have like three pitches and three pitch pitchers are not really easy to pitch with. Mm-hmm. In a, no, they were very show. liberal this year too with giving people cutters and sinkers. Yeah, That's the meta. So I would guess that his early diamond is going to be cutter, fastball, slider, changeup. I don't think they give us the sinker off the Yeah, rim. I doubt it. if there's any pitch to take out, it's the sinker. At the end of his career, he started throwing some changeups. He really didn't use that during the height of his career. But at the very mm-hmm. end, he started mixing it in. A sinker, mm-hmm. I truthfully don't think he ever had. Yeah, it was it's probably that kind of thing where he threw some fastballs like, oh, that kind of looked like a sinker. And dove away a little. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like that's probably like it. Um, so we talk about happy things. What is something you're scared about for 21? So let me preface it with this. My biggest fear was stadium creator, but they kind of made that. Okay. Because they're like, listen, if you don't use our preset walls, you can't use it online. So thank God for that. But I'm now slightly worried about all these fielding changes they talked about because on the surface, they sound amazing, but we've seen where they make one small tweak to one tiny thing and everything goes to shit. Mm-hmm. So is there something to that vein that you're maybe a little nervous or skeptical about? I have an interesting, interesting one. Cause I was actually thinking about this last night. And first of all, I'm a big content guy. So a lot of my concerns regard content. Mm-hmm. And for me, especially my biggest fear is them releasing like end game cards in a very similar pattern that we've had the last two years mm. where they give us a signature series prime series award series like one of those big three series is like everyone gets one of those series and especially this year is a big deal because first of all they had mlb 18 which we all know content wise was very bad even if you didn't play that game everyone knows that game's content was terrible because end game cards were so limited and then they shifted that in 19 by doing the signature series basically anyone had a signature series which is great that was great for that first year because everyone had boosted cards that used to not then the next year they do the same thing, but they double down on it with the award series and the prime series added because now you can get even more players boosted in. You can get some players even better based on having those fine-tuned ways to create the series of cards. It's like, great, love it. And I think this year it, it was very good for getting all these guys super boosted cards. Mm-hmm. But I worry that if they f- do the same kind of thing this year, we're not going to have that exciting, like that exciting aspect of like getting like that new player again. Like, we'll have our end game cards we'll get excited for, but it's like half the cards I feel like would be very similar to last year. And it's just like, what's the point in getting the same thing over and over again? And it's just like, it's not going to have that exciting feeling of earning a player. And it's like, oh, this is just the boosted card that we had last year. You so you're worried about the, the diversity of content then? Like, how is it yeah. going to be different? Whether it, are you talking more specifically about like, okay, we had, 
I don't know. Let's. We had awards Griffey this year. You don't want awards Griffey again. Are you talking about more the path to getting them? More so the cards themselves. Okay. And the the series of cards that they create and have for the year because it's gonna it's gonna get repetitive whether it's this year or next year if they do the same thing to a point with those basic series where it's not gonna get it's not gonna feel the same getting a boosted card because. Mm-hmm especially if they keep it with the fine set rules of these series, like they're going to be basically exactly the same, very likely attribute wise. So it's like, I'm curious how they plan on changing that. I'm interested. They're teasing a whole bunch of diamond dynasty changes in the last stream at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I really am curious what that entails this year. Yeah. And talking about things that make you nervous. One of the rumors I saw, which I think was pretty much squashed immediately but they might introduce contracts to Diamond Dynasty like they do in Madden Ultimate Team. And I think I don't play FIFA, but I think FIFA has it where like you can only use a player unless you obtain his contract or something something to that effect. I think that's horrible. I hope that's not the case. But I mean, a drastic change like that would certainly change the game. Yeah, I think contracts are something that's gradually becoming more outdated in sports games. Mm -hmm. I used to play um, my team on like 2K15 or 16 back in the day before I had a, a PS4. So I, I played a little bit of my team. They had contracts, and it was very stupid. The concept that <laughs> you have to get a stupid con- like pack of contracts and apply them to a player. So, like, say you had, like, a player. If you had no contracts and you had, like, your favorite player and they ran out of contracts, and it's like, well, guess I got to use someone else now. Yeah, and what if what if, like, your backup is – the worst player around like you're yeah it's like it's it's very tough for players who don't spend money on the game to keep up because you you don't have that constant influx of contracts especially Mm -hmm. for like say a casual player if say like you just have a couple 42 series guys and you're just building up your team and then you run out of contracts on your better performing player and it's just like it's really demotivating it's just like eh, whatever (laughs) so is there like one thing that would make 21 an Omega win to quote Dimu, like, is it just as simple as fixing the gameplay problems or is that just an expectation that we should have? And there's something larger that would make this game like light years better than 20. Here's my, my take on gameplay is that like, I think my, is this is a weird hot take. I didn't think this would be a hot take. I've heard a lot of people saying 19 gameplay is better than MLB 20. And I'm on the boat of still saying MLB 20 was better in terms of gameplay. I just, I feel like gameplay does have its issues in every game. Mm-hmm. And it's always a thing. And in terms of just the things they added to, to hitting this year, like perfect, perfect, which even though a lot of times it doesn't turn out well and you hit a line out or <laughs> ground yeah, out. Show me, show me who's hitting 860 on perfect, perfect. Please raise <laughs> your hand if that's you, because it's not me, but continue. <laughs> and it's that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, that happens, but it's at least a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I have a, a power hitter and I hit a perfect, perfect fly ball, at most stadiums, I'm hitting that out. It's leaving. And that's, yeah. the, that's the best user control you can get. I think some people forgot how out of control 19 was, where you would just you would have swings like that that would say, be, like, perfect, perfect fly balls and just have zero eggs of velocity and go right to a fielder in the outfield. And, like, that it put more in our control. And I think pitching seems so bad this year because hitting got better mm-hmm. and you got more rewarding at the plate, like results at the plate 
So last year, pitching, I doubt anything changed between the year except for the fact that it hurt more this year because hitting was better. And last year, you could you have homers per nine was a thing most of the year. So you had that Kershaw out. You would just get less exit velocity because of the mm-hmm. homer per nine attribute. And then after that, like, you still had the line out. So, like, you could throw terrible pitches. You could get outs if they line out. You can make you look like a good pitcher as long as you're getting those outs. Yeah. So it's like I'm on the boat of – I still think this game was an improvement in gameplay. And I think that gameplay is something that not everyone's going to be happy with no matter what. Of course. There's there's never going to be a game that exists where competitive players get perfect user input on every single thing where the better player is going to win 10 times out of 10. That is also a fun game for people who are casual Joe Schmo who play once a week. Yeah. and have a fun time. There that. has to be a little RNG. There's a little bit of an in-between. It's about finding that little, that fine, that, that line of like that, that input and rewarding that good input for the, just like the fun casual experience and drawing that fine line. And hopefully we get a little closer to that this year. But I think that gameplay is never going to be something everyone's going to be happy with. I don't think that's going to ever happen. Mm-mm. And then, um, in terms, I think content, it's like for me this year, what would make it great is just creativity with the cards we get. Like I want like players that you would never think get like a boosted card, like a super good card to get a super good card just for the sake of it. Well, I think that's the beauty of the tops now, too. I'm so happy tops now exists, but you want to go even farther than that. I think like, yeah, like even more crazy. I thought the say that the set of home run derby cards were super cool because they came out with a set of cards of previous home run derby winners and boosted that. Tino Martinez, the goat himself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I uh, <laughs> I love that just because like it made me feel like they were like, oh, we're not just going to – they come up with a creative idea for a series yeah. of cards. Because like, you'd it's, never otherwise get a 93 Todd Frazier. Yeah. Never. And like they just boost his, their power to like stupid power just because they can. They won a home run derby. So it's like you get boosted power. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, now you got a no one questions it Tino Martinez card with like over 120 power versus both sides. And like, even though that was the most popular card, it's like it's cool how that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And like I I like the idea of like giving us fun series of cards for the sake of it. And like I think the 42 series, for example, like some people would be like, oh, why is Nico Goodrum have a boosted card? He's not even that good. IRL. Look, look at the rest of their roster, first of all. But secondly, because yeah, he's, he's fun to use and he's exactly. He's a and I dream. love it. And I, that's what I like about it. They're choosing these cards that maybe aren't the best players in like IRL, but they're good enough. And they uh, have great swings in the game. And they know that we like their swings and say BR and stuff like that. So they give us a boosted card. And I love that. And I want to see more of that this year. So we have like fun cards. There aren't mm-hmm. that many fun cards. It's kind of like some players get boosted cards. And then like some people's like, like the most fun card I think we got to here is that 94 Otani. Like that card is super cool. Super crazy hitting well attributes. At all, but yes, it's, it's and the a pitching. <laughs> he is a fun card. Yeah. And I want more fun cards that yes. in like some play and like they stick to the fine rules, of like signature series, award series, and like, if you did this year, like, well, this year, then you get this overall. It's like, that's neat. But, like, why not boost someone even more for the sake of it? Like, for example, Bobby have a mid-90s diamond because of how he pitched IRL. 
Mm-hmm. But say, just imagine he had a 99 with his pitch mix. Like, imagine how crazy that would be. And, like, I, I think, like, I would love to see more, like, creativity with how they boost cards and just more variation with it. And I, I that would be, that would make it the best game ever for me. My content dream, and I've talked about this before. So, like, let's just say Signature Series is, like, the best series as far as like this was a player's peak years this is the best card you'll ever get of this person mm-hmm. every player who gets a signature series whether it's john franco or ken griffey jr should also have a bronze silver and gold just yes. litter br with versions of cards that i can use like certainly they'll be worse than their higher versions maybe john franco will have different pitches maybe you know whatever it is maybe ken griffey doesn't hit for power on his rookie card but he hits for incredible contact and speed give me the variance give me like we have all of these series already we have rookie series we have veteran series we have prime series every single signature series give me a version of those mm-hmm. no i'm on board with that i think i we i had talked about this a couple times with people um people I, there someone had mentioned this i think this idea of like a great way to do that is like you take the most popular players that we want every year who are like the end game of all end games, kind of like they have in the 42 series, like your mm-hmm. Griffey's, your Willie Mays's, stuff like that. And what you do is you make an evolution program. Yes, I love for those the guys. So and much. you do yeah. you do a Jackie Robinson style thing where you gradually release them over time. Yes. And pe- people won't complain. They're like, oh, we didn't get a boost to Griffey till this part of the year. It takes away that issue. It gives you another excuse to give them lower overall versions to use in BR. Mm-hmm. And also it, it just it gives us a good player to use all year. And for those people that really love those players, they could put them in their lineup, but they won't, they don't have to be the best cards in the game at that moment. Just like good enough. And yeah. they give us like progressively good cards throughout the year and like make it like an evolution program where we can chip at it throughout the year and keep on building that up. And I think, evolution is really an opportunity to do that with cards and give them multiple versions. And I want to see them double down on that this year. And hopefully they do. And like, I I don't think we had it this year, but in years past, we've had like a bronze rookie Max Scherzer. Like Mm -hmm. they've just given us random live series guys with rookie cards. And it seems inconsequential, maybe especially for pitchers, but in BR, I would use rookie hitters. I would use them if you give them to me, but I don't, you have the rights. I don't understand why they wouldn't just make them. Yeah, I think the the big thing is in games past, they threw in a lot of those flashback cards because how Team Affinity was, I think, back then. Mm -hmm. You start off with, like, bronzes and silvers. And this year, they cut off a lot of that. I had the prospects and going right to gold. Which prospects and future stars? That was great. That's cool. Absolutely. And I think, like, like I say, I don't think they need to have these restrictions. Like, why not throw these boosted, like, these, like, flashback, cards of like like bronze silver gold versions of good players why not throw them and say regular packs and throw them in the pool with everyone else mm-hmm. it's just like more players you can get like i think it would be a good idea to just have a bunch of those cards for say br and stuff like that then just not have them at all yeah and, like, and then I for think- the outliers like like aaron judge and pete alonzo their rookie years were the best years of their careers and probably the mm-hmm. best years they'll ever have Make those the 99s. Give us the rookie yeah. of the year, Aaron Judge, the rookie of the year, Pete Alonzo. Like, give me those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Agreed. I mean, I, you give a mouse a cookie, you ask for a glass of milk, too. We've had such great content, and I always want more. 
but the content team, I think sometimes gets like over criticized. Like, Agreed. They, they do, do really good work. Maybe their timing on drops can be improved, but the fact of the matter is we're still getting whenever we get it, we're getting very good content. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think there are some questionable decisions they make. And I think there is reason to point out those questionable decisions that they make. Like, for example, we were begging for like an Adley Rutschman, Wander Franco this year. Never got it. Didn't get them at all. And I think there's a reason for that. I think they're going to give them cards in MLB 21. Mm -hmm. That's why we didn't get them this year, which I would get. But like, there's just some cards that were missing this year or like there were released at questionable times where it's like, where did that come from? But like, I think like nine times out of 10 content was like really good with things they Mm -hmm. planned and released. I think that they have opportunities to grow and improve on that. But I think like they've done a great job in improving that over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. And we can't use this as an end all, but we always have to remind people this was a COVID year, guys. I mean, people's lives were like upended. They probably couldn't work in the studio for quite some time. Who knows how much work they're currently doing in studio? Like, we have no idea. So given mm-hmm. the parameters of what life was like in the year 2020, they gave us the best game they possibly could. Mm-hmm. In my, I also, you know, not everything is roses. You're supposed to point out the flaws when they exist because otherwise nothing gets better. But at the same time, you do have to have a little bit of sympathy and empathy for what people are going through right now. So it was hard for them to give us the perfect game. It was. Oh, agreed. And especially in like, first of all, SES is like basically universally known. Like they're a relatively small bunch over there. They aren't mm-hmm. anything massive, like say 2K or EA probably has. And also just, you have to remember they were working on this game, MOE 21 for a lot of this year. Mm-hmm. And even though like some people are probably, like, I know some people complain about, see, not getting a hitting patch or any sort of patch in the latter half of the year, which kind of makes sense. But to think about it, I would rather them put all their effort into MLB 21, making it a great game and making sure that with their limited resources for the year to do that than bother lingering on 20 and fixing things that might not even be fixable and just focusing on making it better, hopefully for 21 Mm -hmm. and working on making this game a big game. Because listen, they had a lot to do this year with the cross platform and big things like stadium creator and things that they've added this year and probably plan on adding they they've been working on it for like most of the year i'd like oh yeah absolutely like the guy said they've been working on stadium creator for like six years mm -hmm. and it's like that kind of thing where it's like i think people i think the thing is is like i think there there's a difference between pointing out critique and just shooting shots at the company yes and some people can't some people can't like distinguish the two Mm -hmm. and they use the opportunity to critique the game but also say Oh, the garbage developers. They don't listen to the community. Blah, 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 blah. Well, before you let me, because this is a, a pet peeve I have. You're 100% correct. People mistake Ramon and SDS's transparency for they'll listen to anything I say. Let's start mm-hmm. out with this. There is not a sports gaming studio or developer that listens to its community more than SDS. They do Absolutely. so much, whether it be including streamers in the mix or sending us game surveys, or even just doing like those FAQ video things with coach. Mm -hmm. Those seem so cheesy, but those are real questions. Like I've seen those questions and they're being transparent and not always the answers you want. You don't always get the answers you want in life anyway, but like 
does Madden do that? No. Does FIFA do that? No. Or at least mm-hmm. I don't think so. Like SDS is already light years above that. So let's just thank them for being transparent. And as the years go by, we'll get what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they, they really do care about the community from my experience that I've, I've heard. Um, just in general, like there's not, I mean, obviously they have to stay somewhat disconnected just from a company perspective. They can't mm-hmm. just, they can't just say when a top content creator says the game needs to do this and this for the sake of the game. They can't just be like, Hey, this person suggested that, you know what, let's just do it. And like, they have to like mediate things. And we have to remember, especially that all of us who are saying the Twitch YouTube community involved with content creating, a lot of us are the most passionate. Like we are the mm-hmm. top 1% of people who really care about the game. Yep. And some of the things that say I would even think would make MLB the show a perfect game for someone who plays the game a lot less than me could make it a lot worse. And mm-hmm. they could think com- something completely different. They, have, have, to, remember, they have to a, cater to the larger number than just the yeah, 1% of people. This is a game for the, the masses. Yeah. Yes. Baseball and, is a game for the masses. <laughs> yep. And like, not everyone's ever going to be happy. That's just what happens, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And they like, just finding that balance, like adding things that can make us happy but also the people who are newer to the game happy and there's there is that balance out there and they're working towards that as the years go on and it's getting more so towards that which is great it's just some people get so focused on the the nitty-gritty things they see the nitpicky things they see and they're like oh this needs to be better and stuff like that and just because they deal with it but like yeah i think for the masses most people don't deal with it on the level that we do. Like, for example, like one of my biggest things is that this year was early swings. And if you play MLB the show, you know that early swings get rewarded a ton. And especially if your name is Mike Trout. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And like, for me, I, when I'm playing like a very good player in the game, last thing I want to do is give up early homers is because that guy does not need an early home run to score. He is good enough to score without an early homer. And it's like, for me, it's like, I could complain and be like, oh, this is a blatant issue. They need to fix this right now, blah, blah, blah. But for people who are like newer to the game, if you reduce those timing windows a ton, then it's like, it becomes so hard to hit for them. Mm-hmm. And what's it going to, ha- what happens if say I play the game once a week and I hop on, I get like no hit. Am I going to be like, ah, that was fun. Let me yeah. hop on the game again. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And like, not every, like there are a lot of games that deal with the issues of being too competitive and the competitive becoming too much of a competitive style game and the rest of the people being left out to dry. Yes. And they don't want that to be an issue, especially in a sports game. You don't want to do that. Cause especially since MLB, the show is the only game like this. Mm-hmm. You can't just like make it a competitive game. Like, Oh, we're going to be the competitive baseball game. Well, that game isn't a competitive baseball game. Like, it's a game for the masses. So they have to do things that work for most people. And yeah, as hot of a take as it is, I know a lot of people were questioning the, the 800 batting average with the perfect perfects. I really wouldn't be shocked if that was true just because of how higher the averages could be for, like, the lower end of players. Yeah. Like, imagine It's not on the better- average on, you know, championship yeah. series and world series. It's not. Mm-hmm. but in yeah, all-star it, and veteran difficulties maybe it is like I, how i picture it is like imagine like being in like 400 rating and ranked mm-hmm. and like 
for a lot of people, even like down there who aren't the best players, they get a lot less perfect perfects. And if they're playing at the right stadium, it's going to leave. It's like, I think that the, the, that number was really, I mean, just in general, how things were translated from SCS to the community was kind of put on a scope this year. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, I didn't think it was 100% worth it. Like they talked about, for example, the 80 power threshold. And Ramon said at one point in the stream before the game came out, if you have 80 power, you're basically hitting a home run at every stadium. And people took that super to heart. Yeah, They're like, okay, every player I have to have, my team has to have 80 power above to be good. And if someone with above 80 power hit a perfect, perfect fly ball to center field, and there's a fly out. Then it was like, oh, this game is garbage. This game, this is a lie. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that was just like something taken too literally. And people took it as a flaw of the game. But like, I mean, I get the aspect of it being a perfect, perfect fly ball to center. And you want it to be a home run. I get it. And I believe too, it should be too. But I don't think we should take what he said super seriously. Yeah. And almost like with that 800 batting average, like I think I don't I, like how I look at it. Why would they make up a number? Why would no, they no. make up an 800? No. Yeah. I'm not no, saying yeah. they fabricated anything. I'm Some just people like, say I, that. I and I get, confu- I get confused because it's like, why, what business do they have in trying to tell us it's better than it's not? Yeah, like, no, no, no. That's absolutely not the case. It's just the game I've played and the hitting I've experienced. Oh, no, yeah. If I you look at like the 500 on perfect purpose, if you look like at the, if you like trim it down to like a, like say like a week span of like all the games like you play on Hall of Fame legend, chances are a lot more of them are going to be out. That's mm-hmm. definitely the case. I, yeah. I agree with that. Even for me, I don't think I hit. It feels like I didn't hit 800 on perfect perfects, but who knows? It'd be cool if you were able to check that out on our own at like the end of the year so we could like make that argument. That would be very cool. Ramon, if you're listening, please put that into the game because I actually think that's a fantastic idea. Um, yeah. All right, Scan. So we've got like 10 minutes left here. You're my first guest who is a Yankee fan like me. So let's, first of all, let all the people know we're not overreacting to this first week plus of games. I'm a little concerned the pitching might end up being a problem, but that's my concern every year. So let's, where, where are we at right now? What, what's your take on the Yankees of 2021? It's, I feel like this is something that happens somewhat regularly is the Yankees kind of start off a little cool mm-hmm. and people turn on the, the panic mode. They're like, Oh, why I'm done with the judge experiment. Why is this guy not playing? Send this guy to the alternate site. And like everyone getting to panic. I look at them like I think like I can't panic just because of that. Like it like I was watching the games and I think there were some things I was concerned about. Somewhat first of all, pitching has been a concern the last couple of games, first mm-hmm. of all. Big thing. Um, but I think the the concern for me mostly came with the hitting. And like you if you were watching a lot of those first games, you were either taking or missing way too many fastballs. Yeah. And I was, it's something to worry about. I was like, this is not the Yankees. This is not what the Yankees do. The Yankees are a team that attack fastballs. You throw fastball over the heart of plate. They're hitting it out of here. That's what they do well. Mm-hmm. And seeing them not do that, I was like, what's going on? Did they change their approach? Are you just not reading the ball well? And like, I was worried about it, but I'm not like overly panicking because it's super early on in the season. And the like next week, for example, they could have like three, seven, eight run games 
It would be okay. This yeah. team is back. Yeah. Well, we're winning the AL East, boys. <laughs> and yeah, like See, it's like, like it could change just like that, and no reason yeah. to get overly freaked out. I- I'm never concerned with Judge. Judge, when healthy, which I know is few and far between, but like when healthy, he's a top ten, well-rounded player in baseball. Mm-hmm. He might not always perform as such, but when you put the individual pieces together, the arm, the fielding, the the power, mm-hmm. the plate discipline, people think mm-hmm. he has shit plate discipline. Umpires expand the strike zone like it's nobody's business against him. Lot, like he has the biggest strike zone below his knees. Exactly. So like when healthy, he's a top 10 overall talent. The one thing I will say, I think Stanton has a different approach this year. It just looks like he's sitting dead red only and missing everything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's so in his head about sliders because sliders are, get him out every at bat. You throw him sliders, mm-hmm. he's out. He'll swing and miss because the slider starts at a place where if it was a fastball, he'd nuke it. Mm-hmm. So then it dives out and he's he's not hitting the ball. I think I don't overreact to Stanton struggling usually because like Judge, he's an exceptionally talented hitter. Mm-hmm. But I will say this: he looks lost when yeah. he's in a slump. He's not close to being good he's, he's lost agreed so it's, he's just sitting on dead fastballs and missing them so i'm getting back to my point yeah that that reminds me of how gary sanchez's approach has seemed the last couple of oh, years gary it's looks like, good to start though. he looks great he looks which is good. great to see i i'm loving his like i was saying this for the last while that a guy like say gary sanchez is such a good hitter yes like he doesn't need to say sit on a fastball go all in on a fastball and like only wait for that pitch. Some of his best hits and his hardest hit balls this year have been on breaking balls. He's sitting, yeah. he's waiting, he's low. Oh, he looks so good. Yeah. And like a guy like say Stanton too, or like they're powerful enough. They don't need like, they get a fastball. They just need to get the bat on the ball. Mm-hmm. Like good, good contact. And they're, they're hitting it hard. No yeah. matter what. Glaber and too. Glaber, by the way, has looked behind on fast. Glaber. Well. Yeah. I've been looking at Glaber, especially. And like he is someone that is bent down, that's for sure. And like their their approaches seem a little lost. I'm curious if like they they tried to change up their approaches at the start of the year, if they try to take things differently this year. But um I hope that they get going soon. I think they will. All it takes is one great game and then those guys are going again. Mm-hmm. So and last last point here. So like the Braves and like the Dodgers and some of those other teams, the Yankees get blessed in MLB the show with mm-hmm. many, many players. It is not difficult to fill out an all-time team for the Yankees. But in the vein of talking about content and off-ball or oddity cards or whatever, who are some Yankees that you'd love to have that we've never had or maybe just need mm-hmm. to make their return to the game? Mm-hmm. There are, I think, there are at least two I can think of right now. David Cohn. Oh, that's a great one. I'll Sorry. put no. I want to put a, that in your head, but David. No, Cohn. that's a great one. I love David Cohn. That's a fat W if they did that. We'll put him as one of them. Um, two of them, at least one of them, is very obvious. If people keep track of me on Twitter, I've been very vocal about wanting this player in the game since the start of the teases for MLB Twenty One. Listen, give me Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I know not everyone. As weird as it sounds, he's a very polarizing player right now. He is. And he's he, he's one of the marketable guys that you put him on a cover, for example, he would sell a lot of games, but also 
Well, I think we only get him. I think we'd only get him if he was on a cover. But I would, I would, I would think that. But there are a couple things I thought of with this. First of all, he owns the Marlins, so then he gets a cover with his old Mm, self. Fair point. Okay, fair point. On a game, so like Jeter's not the kind of guy to want to do like take away attention from that. I would say. And second of all, I how I think about with Jeter is, um, I what was what was the other thing? Um, Oh yeah, like as weird as it is, like. He's been really polarizing since he's retired, since all the numbers about him as a fielder have come out. Not a a lot of people are on the Derek Jeter is overrated train, which Mm -hmm. is the case with a lot of people, but a lot of people are on that train. And if he was on a cover, almost, I feel like a lot of people would be like, they just put the most overrated player in baseball history on a cover of the game. And like, as weird, as weird as this, as many people would be happy about that. I feel like a lot of people would actually be very upset at that. Mm-hmm. Not like the, the, the baseball heads like us, but some people would be passionately upset about Jeter being on the cover. I could see that. And I think it would be smart for them to not focus on, like if Jeter comes to the game, I, I really don't think he would be a cover guy, but I think if they were to do Jeter, they would tease him early on in the release big, Oh, we're getting Jeter. Yes. And they would do it earlier on. So I don't know if it's going to happen anymore, but. We'll have to see. And the, the other Yankee I want to see, this is a more obvious one, but would be an amazing card, Joe DiMaggio. Mm-hmm. That guy needs to be in MLB The Show. Yeah, they need I, to find I mean, an excuse to get him in. The I game. think they need to give us every Yankee. I want I Joe DiMaggio, Jeter, A-Rod. I want Bernie Williams with a passion. Oh, my God, yes. I want Bernie so badly. I want, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen, we're homering right now. Obviously, oh, we're fanboys of the Yankees, mm. but there's a reason they have like the most distinguished history of success. Just yeah, look at the like, players that have come through the franchise. The Yankees have had sense. the most amount of like best players out of any franchise. That's just mm-hmm. that's just what it is. And like I think like some people would take it like, oh, there's they want too much. But like you think about the quality of players we want, for example, a lot of these guys would be like 99 players, like some of the oh, better be God players squad like, guys. Like Joe DiMaggio would be a top tier outfielder, like top few amongst your Clemente's, Aaron's, Willie Mays, Griffey's. He would be in that bunch. And like if they gave me an 89 overall Hideki Matsui, he'd be in my end game lineup. Or (laughs) even a super boosted World Series Hideki Matsui. Yeah, like a playoff postseason one, exactly. Which I want. I want like a boosted postseason Matsui that has wild power, but like not good defense. But like, and no arm strength, but that's that's whatever. That you, you do whatever it takes to get Hideki in the lineup. If I play Juan Soto in left, I'll play Hideki in left. I don't care. Fair, absolutely. And I think that a lot of the players the Yankees had are great players. It would be fun. And like those are the players I want the most. But like there are so many other players around the league that they could add that would be fun in that respect too. And I hope they do down the road. And like some people take it as like, this is my favorite player. I want, I want this, this, this. They take it as like, oh, he only wants Yankees. He only wants these guys. It was like, those are the players that I relate to the most. Like, I watched Bernie Williams. I watched Jeter, A-Rod. Watched all those guys. I don't, I obviously didn't watch Joe DiMaggio, but he was one of the most historic Yankees out there. Mm-hmm. Now, he absolutely has to be in the game. And he would be a great card. And, like, those are the players I relate to. But there's so many other players they can add that I want to see. And hopefully we get that over the next couple of years. Hopefully we do. So, Scan, this has been 
a great conversation. We, we touched on so much, so I appreciate all your insights and, and having you on. Um, just let the people know one last time, every single place they can and should be following you so they can uh, hear more of your great opinions. So yeah, Twitch, YouTube, the scan, just search it up. Two ends. Don't forget the second N. Two ends, yes. <laughs> and everywhere I'm on any sort of social media, it's at the scan. But on Instagram, for some reason, I have to put the underscore in between because someone took my name. Bastard. But everything at the scan, MLB the show, tips, no money spent, tips, all that stuff for getting better at the game. Recommend you all check it out if you haven't already. And yeah. Guys, for the, for the final time, enjoy your MLB the show 20 games. Because boy, oh boy, we are, I don't even know what it is, 48 or some odd hours away from 21 dropping. Thank you so much for listening. I know you're all excited. I, I can't wait to play and interact with this game with you guys. Uh, catch me on Twitch now too, twitch.tv slash, slash excuse me, KDJTV. We're on the path to affiliate. We're going to make it happen. It's, it's coming soon. Um, I'm really enjoying my interactions with all of you there so far. So Let's make 21 special. I can't wait to see what Scan does this year. I can't wait to see what we can do this year. And uh, that is that. So without further ado, enjoy MLB The Show 21, and I will talk to you all next week.